Welcome to The Sword and the Trial, a podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jerry Longshore. And I'm Tom Askell. Thanks so much for listening to The Sword and the Trial today. Very glad to have you with us. And we are excited about our upcoming conference. Only, I guess, a couple weeks away, two, three weeks away. Maybe one. Some many weeks away. <laughs> yeah. Um, that we're having the day before the Southern Baptist Convention. That is Monday. The 14th of June. Monday, June 14th. That conference is called Be It Resolved. A call for resolution in uncertain times. You can register for that conference at founders.org. Yes, and uh, the conference is being held in Nashville. It's at the downtown Hilton, which is just a couple of minutes walking distance from the Music City Center, which is where the SBC 21 has been shifted to in the last month or so. So we encourage you, if you're in the Nashville area, to come and join us. If you're going to the SBC especially, come and join us because we will be dealing with some really significant issues. And we've got some great guys that have agreed to speak for us. Uh, James Pittman, who's a pastor outside of Chicago, will be speaking. We've got Tom Nettles, who's uh, going to be there from uh, LaGrange, Kentucky, a retired professor of Southern Seminary, will be speaking. Uh, Mark Coppinger is going to be speaking. Tom Buck, you'll be speaking. I'll be speaking. Virgil Walker. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Jim Ork. It's going to be a very speaking. good time. Yeah. We're so going to spend a little great. time talking about Resolution 9, which is, yeah. uh, you know, the talk of the town in the SBC. So that should be fun. And uh, we're actually going to spend more time talking about that conference and really our, the whole uh, need for resolve. That's what we're going to be discussing today on our podcast. If you're not able to get to that conference on Monday, then you are able to live stream that conference by joining the FAM. So join the FAM. You'll be able to get access to that. You can go to Founders org to discover more about what it means to join the fam we've also got uh wheel the sword episode four that is now yeah. out so uh mark coppinger on aesthetics yeah. and uh it's wonderful so the episodes continue to drop uh make sure you enjoy that episode from mark coppinger yeah if you don't know why you should put raisins in oatmeal you especially need to watch this episode because mark, belong will, in oatmeal. mark will explain it to you <laughs> The theology of eating breakfast. That's right. That's right. All right. So um, do we need resolution now in the Southern Baptist Convention or can we wait a little bit longer? No, man, it's too late. We needed it yesterday. It's like the when's the best time to plant a tree? You know, it's 20 years ago. (laughs) When's the second best time right now? So, yeah, we desperately need resolution. A lot of talk about resolutions and Resolution 9. And uh, it's, it's fascinating. You know, I've engaged with a couple of friends about this. And uh, some, I've gone back and forth with one, uh, Daryl Cornett, who is himself, he has submitted a resolution on critical race theory and intersectionality. It's very good. I read the uh, content of it. And, and I, you know, hope it gets the attention of the Committee on Resolutions. But he said that he has been informed by an expert parliamentarian that there is no way to rescind Resolution 9. Uh, whereas I have uh, read Robert's Rules of Order, I have consulted with professional parliamentarians, and they have told me that the motion that I intend to make from the floor of the SBC is fully in order. So we have dueling parliamentarians. Yeah. And I've also been given a reason to believe that there will be parliamentary procedures in place to keep my resolution from ever getting to the convention. But be Some that sneaky moves in that Robert's <laughs> rules. We need to go by Bob's rules That's in this right. convention. That's either. right. Well, you know what? I mean, you can always challenge the ruling of the chair. So the, the messengers in the room have the authority to do what needs to be done if things are not being done properly according to the way we say we're going to operate. So again, all the more reason to be there at the SBC June 15th and 16th. Yes. 
So um, there is a resolution that is going to be put forth, and you and I are signers of that resolution. And submitters. And submitters of that resolution. It's called Resolution on the Incompatibility of Critical Race Theory and Intersectionality with the Baptist Faith and Message. That's right. And this is a resolution that's been put together by several people. You can actually go and sign it yourself if you go to southernbaptistsagainstracism.org because it's public. It's been made public for a, a long time now. And you can sign it as being in support of it. Um, you had to have signed it before the 31st or the 28th of May in order uh, to be a submitter. And then you have to go through the process of actually submitting it. But there, there are multiple submitters to this resolution just to you know, make the statement that, hey, this is not one guy's thinking. This is not five guys thinking. This is the thinking of a whole bunch of Southern Baptists. And so I'd encourage you to go to the website, southernbaptistsagainstracism.org, read the resolution, and if you agree with it, sign it, because we think this is a vitally important resolution to get before the messengers of the SBC in Nashville. Yeah, boy, it's an extensive, you know, resolution, but it's pretty straightforward i don't know that it, you know when you read this i don't know how you can say oh well you know i disagree you know <laughs> but i'm sure there will be some expert critical race theory scholar somewhere oh yeah um you know some woke evangelical yep. that um objects to some a minor nuance southern baptist of 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 such a resolution yeah no doubt about it i mean we're already seeing it play out on social media and articles being written and you know uh, respected pastors saying you know there's nothing wrong with resolution nine from 2019 and it's a good resolution and and all those who would complain against it well all they are doing is just fear-mongering if you're against resolution nine you're fear-mongering well look if you buy into that or you've heard that or you believe that then i encourage you to go read tom nettle's three-part careful uh, exposition of resolution nine on the founders website and uh, then if you're finished you finish reading nettles and you say oh yeah well nettles is just a fear monger uh I don't know how else to communicate with you. You know, we're just, we're not even speaking the same language. So let's, let's do a little prediction game here, you know? So we, it's been two years since the Southern Baptist Convention got together. Mm-hmm. Things were super heated um, last year. I mean, they were yeah. super heated two years ago. In the last 15 minutes of the convention. And then, yes. <laughs> and they were super heated uh, last year leading up to it, particularly because David Hughes, this yeah. uh, SBC pastor who was going to be speaking at the pastor's conference has all sorts of Canaanite worship going on in his, in his church here in Florida. Right. And uh, that was being objected to other speakers, Women pastors. other, yeah, yeah. other people were being um, objected to. And then all that kind of died down. And now we're entering into this um, next convention and you got the presidents have come out. I don't know how many months ago, you know, saying, November saying that the CRT is not compatible with the Baptist faith and message. Um, what do you think will happen? Do you think that we're actually going to rescind uh, Resolution 9? And do you think that we're going to um, adopt this uh, resolution? Yeah, well, I think there will definitely be a motion made to rescind Resolution 9. Now, again, you know, it can be ruled out of order and never get before the messengers for a vote, but that's not going to stop me. And I've heard other people say they're going to do the same thing. And I just, you know, hope that if anybody does it, they'll do it carefully and they'll do it according to the way that Robert's Rules of Order says that it must be done uh, because you don't want it to be ruled out based on some kind of technicality and you, you did it improperly. And the same thing with resolutions that are offered. So I know that it will be put on the, uh, at least a motion will be made or an attempt 
to make a motion will take place. I believe that if it gets before the messengers, I think Southern Baptists will vote to rescind Resolution 9. Now, again, I'm not talking to everybody, but I'm, you know, I'm getting emails from people. I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting texts from people, messages from people. And even people who disagree with things that uh, we have done and stands that we've taken and the way we've taken certain stands over the last few years have said to me, you know what, that was wrong. It was wrong the way it was done. It was wrong on uh, procedure, and it was wrong on content. And even those who are not so concerned about the content as I am believe the procedure whereby this resolution was foisted on the SBC was improper and an embarrassment. So I think if it gets to the floor, if messengers have an opportunity genuinely to vote on it, I think it'll be rescinded. The resolution, yes, I think this resolution, if it gets out of committee, will indeed pass the by the vote of the messengers at the SBC. Now, again, I, you know, I've said this multiple times. I, you know, I have prayed for James Merritt, who's the chairman of the resolutions committee, and I've actually communicated with him and assured him of my prayer. And, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish the being on the resolution committee 2021 on, on the person that I'm maddest at, you know, because it, they're going to have almost an impossible task. With, I know telling how many resolutions are going to be submitted to them, and this one is rigorous. And they're going to have to make the decision, especially when it's being submitted by so many people, by so many Southern Baptists. They're going to have to look at that and decide, oh, well, do we bring this out? Because we know a lot of people are going to be upset if we bring it out. But if we don't bring it out, what are we saying to the multitudes of Southern Baptists that have submitted it? And so they're going to need wisdom. And I would think humility would dictate, yeah, we're going to bring this out. You know, we're just we're going to say, OK, a lot of Southern Baptists want this to be brought to the floor. Let's bring it to the floor. If it gets to the floor, I think it will pass. I believe Southern Baptists have been awakened to what is going on in the culture and what is going on in the evangelical world and what is going on within Southern Baptist boundaries. And they are alarmed and they realize we must stand against this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting, especially with the Southern Baptist convention kind of situation to see the, the, um, you have people that really like that know and kind of understand these things, not only the inner dynamics of how the convention operates, mm-hmm. the Robert's rules and parliamentary procedures, but then you have like people who probably have looked at the ideologies enough that they understand them and they see what they're doing doctrinally and they're going to see the impact that they have. And then you just have like common folk that are like, you calling me a racist? Like, yeah. no, nah, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, coming. Yeah, right. So already trying to think through um what does the future hold and how how do leaders faithfully shepherd at this point because you're going to have you know coming out of the wake of this it's going to be quite interesting with um kind of a inflated um leadership of the sbc who is quite concerned with how they're perceived by the world it's going to be quite difficult to back away hard from CRT, right? You, you can slowly back away. I think some people are like, let's slow, mm, right, take right. slow steps. Um, but, but if you're going to have a renunciation of what you did, uh, you know, in the media and the broader media, that's going to be a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. The Southern Baptists are right. racist and they're kind of committed to their old ways and you know, they're going to die because they're not committed to the, they're on the wrong side of history and all that. So, you know, even so with that kind of top brass of the SBC operating that way, you have the whole entity of the SBC, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who really has to ask, how did we get here? Right. So regardless of, regardless of the top brass, um, 
okay, what what happened here? You know, and were we just asleep at the wheel and we weren't showing up and we weren't voting? Or is there actually something in in the way that we think and operate that led us be susceptible to the kind of ideologies that have come in and now been resolved in Resolution 9? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And uh, I'm interested in your thoughts on that because I've got my own. Um, and of course, at, at the end of the By What Standard documentary that we did, you know, I, I spoke about my own complicity in this. And I was asleep at the wheel. And I was trusting leadership in the SBC to do what I thought they were doing, what they had done in other ways over years. And uh, whenever I talked to some of them and I looked around and saw what was going on, I realized, no, they're not doing it. They're not going to do it. And uh, by that time, we were way behind. You know, it's like the beginning of the fourth quarter. We're down three touchdowns. And so you either got to kick it into gear or you just give up and say, we're going to lose. And I wasn't content to do that. And in talking to other pastors, that's exactly what I've heard from them is, man, we were asleep. We just didn't realize it. But there is something about the structure of the SBC, you know, and I get this from friends who say to me, you know, I could never be SBC or those who come to strong convictions about certain things. They say, I can't, I got to leave the SBC. And I get that, but I don't, I don't think I've ever imagined the SBC to be more than what I think it ought to be. You know, the SBC is not to be all end all. The SBC is not as one book title famously declared it to be years ago, uh, God's last and greatest hope. You know, I mean, it's not that, but it is a mechanism whereby churches can cooperate together for good causes. And I like that. I, I, I appreciate that. And I'll expect everybody to dot the I's and cross the T's with me or, or our church. You know, our church is confessional, 1689, and uh, we are convinced that that's the right way to go. But I'm not mad at people that are not that are also Southern Baptists. We can link arms and we can cooperate in good things. We're not going to do everything together, but we can do a lot of wonderful things together. And that's the genius of the SBC. However, you know, that genius is fraught with all kinds of dangers because the need for and the benefit of cooperation where you don't have uh, very narrow doctrinal parameters, it makes you always... Uh, liable to have the edges start being infringed on and those edges have to be guarded and that's the debate today on the Baptist faith and message you know it's a broad document and there are people saying oh but don't we agree on the gospel so what difference does it make if we have women pastors women preachers you know we I mean why are you guys concerned about that people are dying and going to hell well that's precisely why we need to be concerned about that (laughs) yeah that's I mean uh, that the question would be asked really is a sign of how bad things are exactly. in the SBC. I mean, regardless of critical race theory and intersectionality, regardless of it, it was already bad. Yeah. And <laughs> so, you know, that's like you, you got a you got a bad root, and then you bore some bad fruit, and then you cut the fruit off. All right, so we're going. Let's renounce it. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's edit it out. All right. So, what was the root? And you know, how, 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 how do we get there? And why do we have people that would operate? What? And and you articulated it well. What the root is when somebody would say, you know, why are you worried about women pastors? You've got lost souls to save. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that. Whatever's going on there is one example yeah. of of why we got where we got. I wonder if uh, one way to articulate the problem that led to CRT is that um, we. Some of that pietism that we talked about with a Joe Boot uh, mm-hmm. a couple podcasts ago, where okay, the Word of God to me is a, is a is a wonderful analytical tool for what's going on with me personally before the face of God. It's a wonderful analytical tool for how to operate as a church. 
but it's not a, a great analytical mm-hmm. tool to help me know what's going on in society, help me know what about justice issues, help mm-hmm. me to know about these, you know, racism issues and these equality issues and how courts should operate and who should use what bathroom or whatever, you know, the Bible's not a great analytical tool for that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of where people are at generally, you know, I know there's lots of exceptions, but if you were to take the whole SBC flavor, you're kind of there. And what we've learned is if you don't use the Bible as your analytical tool for society, uh, well, then somebody's going to come up with a different analytical tool uh, to operate. And I think the SBC is kind of in this position like, we don't want that one. (laughs) No, we don't want that one. Get that one out of here. Yeah. You know, and that we're still like, but what one, what, what, which one are we going to use? Yeah. Do we have one? And uh, if it is the Bible, what's that really look like to use the Bible as an analytical tool, to use the Bible as your standard of justice for all peoples? How, what does that, what does that really look like? I think there's a lot of work to do because you can, you know, you can cast out that demon. There's mm. going to be a whole lot more coming yep. until you say, no, here, here is how, what we're actually supposed to do. So we hope that the Be It Resolved conference kind of begins to push in that direction. It's, it's saying yes to bad resolution nine, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course. Yeah. And so, but, but now how are we to live? What are we to do? You know, yeah. what's it going to look like? Yeah. And, and, and what you just articulated touches on what many people have again awakened to is the necessity of affirming the sufficiency of scripture. And scripture is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for training the man of God in righteousness. And so the sufficiency of scripture doesn't mean that you, you know, open the Bible to the book of James in order to figure out how to rebuild your Chevy engine. You know, it's, it, we're not talking about that, but we are talking about life and godliness and the Bible makes sense of the world. I mean, we read the Bible, the Bible reads us. We read the Bible and the Bible shows us why the world is the way that it is. The Bible explains Billy Graham and Adolf Hitler. The Bible explains the blessings that we enjoy in this world because even from pagans, even from those that deny God, because they're made in the image of God. And it explains the wicked sinfulness of people, the evil in the world from a man like Hitler who wouldn't deny the existence of God and yet who was a, a mass murderer of the worst uh, proportions. Well, the Bible makes sense of that. So mm-hmm. it, we need to learn to read the Bible that way and we need to teach our people to read the Bible that way so that we are understanding the world which the God who gave us the Bible created. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. And you, you need the Bible if you're going to change that tire correctly, you need the Bible. If you're going to work as a nurse in that hospital correctly, if you're going to do it, how you ought to do it, because you can't fulfill the cultural mandate without Christ. You can't fulfill the cultural mandate without the word of God. If you give off the word of God, um, then you're not actually fulfilling the cultural mandate. However, technically, uh, practically, physically, tangibly correct, you might be changing that tire. Hey, you did a pretty good job. Yeah. Okay. But did you do it in faith? Did you do it trusting in the crucified and risen Christ? And did you do it for the glory of that crucified and risen Christ? Or were you doing it in unbelief? And were you doing it for your own glory? Yeah. Matter of fact, look how well I did. So without the Bible, you're, you're done, you know? So there's an application of that word of God. And it really is a recovery of the cultural mandate in the sense of what does it mean to 
live these lives, these fruitful lives of multiplying, exercising dominion. You know, it's kind of hard to exercise dominion if you don't have a theology of how justice is supposed to work. And uh, you certainly don't want to go take these corrupt tools. That, you don't want to take what Marx, the house that Marx built and begin to employ that as your mechanism in society. So one of the things that I think Southern Baptists should keep in mind as they renounce this is we shouldn't be coming to to renounce um, resolution nine to rescind it as if I had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you who it was. That's right. It was the other side. There's a div- I mean, dividing line. There is a dividing line, right? But the problem is we have to realize that's going to be something we're going to have yeah. to check ourselves on. That's the other side. No, 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 no. I obviously wasn't at my post because mm-hmm. we were we were bought into a worldview that was truncated, that wasn't taking uh, all of Christ for all of life. And there's still people that are quite hungry uh, for that kind of application. Yeah, absolutely. And this resolution is helpful in multiple ways. I mean, let me just read parts of it to you. Uh, it has... Nine, ten whereas is, I think, and one, two, three, four resolves. But it starts with a Baptist faith and message where the Baptist faith and message clearly states Christians should oppose racism. It also acknowledges what happened in 2019 with the affirmation of the uh, resolution on critical race theory and intersectionality, describing it as an anal- as analytical tools. And then it goes further and says CRT and intersectionality are actually ideologies rooted in neo-Marxist and postmodern worldviews by which our civilization is being deconstructed around our families, communities, and nations, which anybody who has any sense at all and watched what happened in 2020 has to acknowledge. I mean, you may not understand all the ways that these ideologies were working, but look what happened on the streets, not just of our nation, but on the streets of many nations. And if you can be helped to see the connection, this is the fruit of these ideologies, then you'll understand why that line is in this resolution. It goes on, it cites many places in scripture where the uh, identity politics is contrary to what God has told us to do and what intersectionality's goals are, how all of these things contradict the word of God, and they fall into the very warning that the Apostle Paul gives us in Colossians 2, 8, that we are not to be taken captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition and not according to Christ. So it's a great resolution. Uh, it, it mentions how the six seminary presidents of the SBC back in November 2020, uh, they made that the they made the statement that said the affirmation of critical race theory intersectionality and any version of critical theory is incompatible with the Baptist faith and message. Well, if that's true, and it is, then how can Southern Baptists who say that, okay, this is our broad confession of faith, that we or that define our broad boundaries, how can any Southern Baptist, if the six seminary presidents are right, be content to let critical race theory intersectionality have any foothold in any of our institutions and entities? How can we be satisfied to let Resolution 9 from 2019 stay on the books? We ought to rescind it. We ought to renounce it. We ought to be very crystal clear regardless of the costs that you described a while ago, that we will not uh, affirm these ideologies. Yeah. The second and fourth resolve um, really 
communicator begin to track down that line that we were just recently discussing. The second resolve says, resolve that we deny that any analytical tools can aid in evaluating a variety of human experiences if those analytical tools are themselves rooted in worldviews and compatible with the word of God. That's wonderful. Like here, the the tools rooted in this other worldview are actually not going to help you come to reality mm-hmm. if they're contrary uh, to what God has revealed in his word. Well, you're not going to actually understand what things are. I mean, you're going to be saying something's blue when it's red. That's you're right. going to be saying something's hot when it's cold. This is what happens. Um, so, again, you can feel the uh, what, what uh, the Reformation part needs to happen is saying, okay, yes, and the Word of God actually can help us to identify those things accurately, and we should be using the Word of God to do so, which is kind of um, the fourth resolution. Uh, last, The fourth and last re- resolution says, Resolve. <laughs> That we affirm our absolute conviction that a proper interpretation of the Holy Scriptures, apart from any worldly ideology, any personal identity trait, or any lived experience, is sufficient to serve as the sole standard by which our faith and practice are to be measured. And so what are the implications of that? What are the implications of that faith and practice? That it's, not, it's not just my personal uh, devotion. It's not just to help me to understand what's going on in me spiritually. It's yes and amen to all of that, but it's also the uh, sufficient uh, word of God for my life robustly Mm -hmm. before the face of my creator and yours also brother. And we can actually come to an accurate definition of racism and we can actually know what to do with it uh, based upon the word of God, not based upon analytical tools that are contrary to Christ. Yeah. And I think it's important to, to underscore what that last resolve says as well about standpoint epistemology without mentioning it by name is that a proper interpretation of the word of God is what we need. And if someone who is not like me, someone who is, uh, uh, from a cultural context, not like mine, can help me properly understand the Word of God, praise God for that. Uh, I don't have to say, well, you can't understand what the Bible means to me because you're not uh, a Syrian American. You know, to do that would be ridiculous, and to do that would be to undermine the perspicuity, the clarity of God's Word, as well as its authority, and yet that's precisely what's what's happening today. We're being told if all you have on your bookshelves, of all your commentators and people you trust are people that are from your cultural context, then you can't understand the Bible properly. And man, that's dangerous because is it impossible then for people from my cultural context to, to properly understand the Bible? Well, of course not. It, is, it, is it automatic that they do properly understand the Bible? Well, of course not. And we have a standard that is different than uh, what a person's uh, score is on the intersectionality scale. And whenever we start buying into this way of thinking that this is how we can only understand the Bible properly, uh, we've given up the authority, sufficiency, and perspicuity of Scripture. So we're having a conference, Be It Resolved, the Monday before the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we encourage you to come see us there. We're going to have a booth in the exhibit hall. And uh, stop by, say hello. We'd love to see you and uh, be praying that this time that we're going to have on the Monday before the SBC will be beneficial. We're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great time. Um, I'm going to be um, 
starting off with a message about the new religion and the need for resolution. We're going to really set a context so that we, we can understand this really is another religion. Uh, you're following up with uh, an acknowledgement of how We've Southern Baptists have fallen short. You know, we, we're losing our resolve, and along with that, we're actually losing our religion. That's what's happening. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully those will get us set up for a number of wonderful um, speakers and messages that are coming that will help us all to be strengthened, that we follow the Lord faithfully at this time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I, I think that uh, God's helped us to maybe put our finger on some of the underlying issues. Because as we said earlier, it, it, it doesn't matter if we cut off the fruit. We've got to go to the root. And when we get to the root, what we're going to discover is that, yes, you know, we, we've, we've discovered the enemy and, and he is me, as Pogo says, you know, I'm the enemy. And what God is uh, revealing to me about my own sin, my own failures, my own shortcomings. And so there needs to be deep repentance, which is why we are ending the one day conference with a prayer meeting. Uh, we're going to have a call to prayer. Jim Ork is going to uh, set the stage for that in the last address of the day and then we're going to invite people to stay around for an hour hour and a half or so and just cry out to god in repentance and humility and plead with him to do what no conference can do no convention can do you know no resolution can do but what god alone can do and if he humbles us and convicts us and gives us a renewed fear of him and relieves us from any fear of man well, praise God. Now, that's that's what it's going to take in this day to stand with the kind of resolve that the Lord Jesus Christ is worthy of in his disciples. Amen. So come join us uh, if you're coming to the Southern Baptist Convention. And even if you're not and you're in the Nashville area or even if you're not in the Nashville area and you know you want to get on a plane and have some good fellowship with some good folks, come join us for that conference. Be it resolved. Thanks for listening to The Sword and the Trowel. Enjoy this trailer for our upcoming conference. We have a book, it says this. What do you think makes the SBC the best denomination in America? If you believe the book, that's good, we're on the same team. I'm gonna put it, just simply put, that we stick to what the scripture has to tell us. I'm not seeing the SBC do what some conventions are doing in terms of uh, stepping away from their, their, their values and stances on biblical uh, hot button topics. If you say, yeah, I believe, but, but because of the position I'm in, you know, I really can't say much, then, you know, go get a different kind of job. How do you feel about a woman being president of SBC? I don't know that I have a comment on that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, what do you think scripture speaks on women preachers or pastors? Would you be willing to talk about that at all? I, I'd say the Bible does, the Bible does speak upon it. Um, since I'm honestly representing LifeWay, um, I'd rather let LifeWay answer that question. And we're requesting that resolutions 9 through 13 would be taken as a block. I'll tell you what happened. On the adoption of resolution 9. What happened? We've been played. The resolution is adopted. We've been played. I am shocked that we could have a pro-critical theory resolution come out of our resolutions committee this year. And this resolution is very clear in the way that we have approached the discussion of critical race theory and intersectionality. The whole, all of Christianity, let's end Christianity, <laughs> how do Christian we do it? Dumb. Yeah, how would you do it? Make them woke.
That couldn't have happened last year. That couldn't have happened any year I can remember since before the resurgence was successful, maybe not even then. If I might predict it, they're gonna hold up some icon, a woman, racial minorities, and they'll say a church that doesn't have room for this person doesn't have room for any of us. A Southern Baptist convention that doesn't have a place for Beth Moore doesn't have a place for a lot of us. We will take this as an unfriendly amendment for this purpose. Critical race theory and intersectionality are simply analytical tools. Not They're true. meant to be used as tools, not as a worldview. It's not true. It's not and the original resolution that was submitted by a pastor out in California actually said 180 degrees opposite. They took the title of the resolution that was submitted by the messenger from California, and then they gutted it and put their own words in there to turn it into something that was not at all what was submitted. I think that is at best disingenuous. That most of the folks in our churches have not bought into this. Yeah. You know, I just think most of the folks in our churches still believe the Bible.